Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The Gospel of the Lord. So before I... uh, preach this morning on my homily, I just want to thank you again for, uh, for offering your prayers and, and kindness and good words about, uh, for my dad, for his, his recovery. He's, he had a much, much better day yesterday, so uh, hopefully he's turned the corner with this, uh, his fight with COVID. So that thing's nasty. So just keep those prayers coming for him. All right, so very grateful for that. All right, I want to look at the first reading uh, that we have for today from uh, Exodus, because this first reading from Exodus is teaching us something immensely important Uh, about the spiritual life, that the journey from slavery to freedom in the spiritual life necessitates a a redemption of our hunger, a reordering, a reorienting of our hungers, right? A hunger for freedom, uh, you know, is is necessary. We need to develop that hunger, right? Because it was hunger that actually first and foremost led the Israelites to Egypt in the first place. That famine struck the land. They go to Egypt because their bellies, they needed food, right? And it was in Egypt where they became enslaved, and this hunger for freedom that arose led them to cry out to God. And it was God's hunger for his people, his desire, his passion for his people that led him to redeem and liberate them. And now as they begin to like taste the freedom that God has given them through his mighty signs and powerful works, right? They are overwhelmed by uh, the hunger again of their bellies. Like, they've been liberated from Egypt. It's been about five minutes since the crossing of the Red Sea, more or less, right? And now they're saying, we want to go back. We want to go back. We want to go back. Because there, at least, we had food in our bellies. It was uh, the hunger for the semblance of satisfaction, a hunger for temporary relief. Like, we'll settle for for temporary relief rather than, like, actual freedom because to get to that freedom, to get to that place, like, I have to suffer a little bit. You have to go through the desert to get to the freedom. That's what the Israelites had to learn, right? And this is the spiritual life. This is the spiritual journey, a reordering, a retraining of our appetites because we are constantly filling our hearts with... Um, our, like, our heart's hunger for fullness, our heart's hunger for infinite meaning and beauty and goodness and satisfaction with all of the finite pleasures and goods of this world. 
Nothing, not that there's anything intrinsically wrong with the goods or the pleasures or the wonders of this world. God made them. He looked at them and said that they're good. The problem is, is when we go to them and ask them to be God for us, when we take our infinite hunger and expect the finite things of this world to satisfy, that's a quick recipe. That's a quick way of becoming an addict, right? A spiritual definition of an addict is someone who goes again and again to something finite to quench his infinite thirst, to satisfy his infinite hunger. It's never going to work. It's never going to work. I was thinking about this. I had a baptism this past Sunday at my home parish. And uh, the, the little boy, the baby, uh, he, was, he was fussing real, real bad at the beginning of the baptism. And then it got, it got just like, like biblical kind of demoniac kind of fussing, right? He was screaming his head off, right? He was hungry. He was hungry. And the godmother who's holding him, she's bouncing him and do all the things. She's flipping him upside down, trying to make all, you know, trying to just distract him from it. Nothing's working. Eventually she tried to like, she even put her finger, she put her finger in his mouth uh, to, to get him to quiet. And it did, it did quiet him for a second. He, he latched on that finger real good. He wasn't letting go. And, uh, and he was, yeah, he was pacified, right? As we say, he was pacified. And he was quiet. He was calm for uh, a few minutes. And then... Uh, and he's like, wait a minute, <laughs> this isn't what I want, <laughs> right? Because no matter how hard he would have sucked on that finger, he was never going to get any milk out of it, right? No matter how hard he sucked on that finger, no milk was coming. He was never going to get what he was actually hungry for. This is what God is telling the Israelites. Israelites, like, you are not actually hungry for the food of Egypt, I know you think you are, but you're not actually hungry for that food. Like the food that just simply is capable of filling your belly for a time. He's saying, let me show you what you're actually hungry for. And to lead you there, because I know you're so little, I know you're so weak, and I know you're so poor. To lead you there, I will leave a trail of breadcrumbs for you, so to speak, to lead you to the actual freedom. Breadcrumbs, right? Manna. This food that actually tastes like the promised land. I think I preached about this last week, that the manna is described as tasting like honey, right? The land flowing with milk and honey. God's giving them a semblance. He's giving them a taste of the promised land. I will lead you with little breadcrumbs to the actual thing you're hungering for. So to us, he's saying, like, you're not actually hungry for the things that you constantly turn to to find momentary relief. Whatever that is in your particular, you know, walk, whatever that is in your story, whatever, whatever your favorite sins are, he's saying you're not actually hungry for those things. Even though it seems like it, even though you turn to it again and again, that semblance of satisfaction, he's saying you're actually hungry for me. And to lead you to me, I will leave you also a breadcrumb trail, food for the journey, a taste of the glory to come, Right? St. Augustine, he put it this way, when he was talking about God, he said, God, you are all that which I desire. God, you are all that which I desire. I just want to invite us to remind ourselves again today as we approach the most sublime gift, the Holy Eucharist, that in that tiny host, right, it's him, like he who is all that which I desire. 
And let's ask the Lord, like, God, as you did for the Israelites, retrain and reorder and redeem our hunger and do it again today in this Mass. Amen.